Flask. It's a great next step for learners in their programming journey. Once you have the fundamentals of Python down, it's time to choose a framework that uses your current skill set, but now begins to challenge you with new topics like requests, or HTML, or routing. Well, that's what I want to talk about in today's episode of an introduction to Flask, where I'm going to take you through how you can install it and set up your development environment. It's a bit hard to show you code on here, but I want to walk you through the process. And more specifically, I want to talk about routing and views, rendering HTML templates, and passing data into those templates. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of PyPod Chronicles. Welcome to PyPod Chronicles a series that brings our tech blog to life in a whole new way. Covering an array of topics surrounding Python and tech, from programming tips, best practices, and so much more. Let's get immersed in Python with the Nerd Nook on the go. Before I dive into today's episode, guys, in the link in the description, I have a free handcrafted guide that I've made for you that now comes with a bonus Git extension, and I give this to all my students on their first day of class. Head on down to the link in the description and pick up your copy of my free handcrafted Python and Git guide. Let's ask ourselves an important question, and hopefully you haven't been living under a rock. What is Flask? If you've been living under a rock, then, well you don't know. But Flask is essentially a micro framework written in Python. The framework is classified as a micro framework, which really means it doesn't require any particular tools or outside libraries. It keeps the core simplicity of Python, but also allows for easy extensibility with Flask extensions. And we really use it to create websites in Python. If we boil everything down, right? I can use Flask to create websites in Python. To install this, just run in your terminal pip install Flask and you're going to get that going. It is popular in the frameworks Django and Flask to use a virtual environment. It's not strictly necessary, but it's highly recommended to use this virtual environment. A virtual environment keeps your project's dependencies isolated from other projects. This reduces conflicts and it ensures consistency throughout that project. So it's a good idea that you kind of look into how you can set up your virtual environment and activate it to keep your dependencies apart from other projects you may have going on. To create your first basic Flask application, now this is all I can really do here in the pod because you can't see. If you're interested in this article, head down to the link in the description. I have articles on Flask over on the blog. You need to import Flask, obviously, but more specifically the Flask class. Now you need to create your app object, and this is commonly done by just saying app equals flask. You're going to give the special name dunder variable to the flask class, right? So two underscores before and after. You are now using your understanding of OOP to create your app object. This is really what fires up the first app and get the basics of it running. In order to get your app running, you just need to create an app root. You can use the app decorator linked with the root method and inside there put the name of your root. Create a very simple function like hello and just return a string on the screen. Now when you run your Flask app in your terminal, Python 3 in the name of your Python file, it's going to give you a port like HTTP and a link. Click that link. It should take you to a website where you can see the string that you're returning on the screen. You're now ready to start building out your Flask application. 
This is the starting template that you need in order to get it going. Now let's talk about another key fundamental of Flask, routing and views. Routes define the URL patterns that your app will respond to. So you can use root decorators that define these patterns like we did, like the app decorator with the root method. And this defines a root URL with the name that you specify inside the root method. You can add as many different URLs as you want. So for example, if you have a website, you might have the home page, the about page, the contact page. Each of these would be a different route that returns something out. Speaking of returning something to us, let's talk about rendering HTML templates using Flask. While returning simple strings as responses can be useful, uh, well, <laughs> not really in web apps, but other times it is, web apps often need to display more complex HTML pages. Instead of returning raw HTML from Python functions, we can use HTML templates to separate the presentation from our application. HTML is essentially the skeleton of the body, and then we need to apply some styling to it, right? And Python is the way that that skeleton or that person is going to act. So to use templates, you need to create a folder, call this folder templates. This folder is going to hold all those HTML template files, so like one for each page. Create a new file inside this folder called index.html and you need to paste in the boilerplate for your HTML. You can put your h1, your p tags, your title tags, right? And in this template we've used double curly braces to denote a placeholder that will be filled with data when rendering the template. Right, so any data that you want to appear, Python data, we use double curly braces. If you haven't worked with HTML before, it's a good idea to go read up and brush up on HTML. It's super easy to get started. And throughout your web development journey, you will need to know HTML. Spend some time reading up about that and that can help out immensely in the long run. Now that you have an HTML template, you can head back to your Python file and just import the render template function from Flask so we can use this here in the Python. Code. The render template function takes the name of a specific template file as its first argument and then any additional data that will be passed into the template. When you access the URLs, Flask will render the index.html template with the appropriate message or the appropriate data you give it. Now speaking of giving it data, right? how do I give this HTML Python data? Right, because they're two different languages. And to be frank with you guys, I don't even consider HTML a language. We can pass data into templates using the render template function. That's what I just mentioned. This is really useful when you want to display dynamic content based on a user's input, or maybe you want to retrieve data from a database. Just use that and return your render template function. Inside there, remember to put the name of your HTML file. Now that we're working with HTML, you can also create your own get and post requests. So if you receive a post request, it's gonna retrieve the user's name from the submitted form data using the request form from Flask. You can do a little bit of research into get and post requests. Specifically, if you're not into front-end development, you probably haven't seen this before. If you're coming from Django, then you know what I'm talking about here. In web applications, different actions are often associated with different HTTP methods. For example, form submissions typically use the post method, while retrieving data uses the get method. 
and Flask you define the allowed HTTP methods for a root using the method argument as a decorator. Right? So by default, guys, roots only accept GET requests. So if you want to allow both GET and POST requests, you need to explicitly specify that in the methods. All right, you got an application going, right? This is the pure basics of Flask. In the next episode, I want to talk about how Flask boils onto data visualization, actually, and how we can use Flask to create really beautiful visualizations for our data. But we need to learn how to deploy a Flask application. You've built an app, now you want to deploy it so others could access it online. Now there's various hosting options available, but a popular choice that I'd recommend to get started with is called Heroku. Heroku is a cloud platform that allows you to deploy, manage, and scale web apps. It provides a simple, but also straightforward way to develop Flask applications overall. To wrap up this episode, today I covered the pure basics of Flask from the installation to the setup of a super basic application, but I did spend some key time talking about routing, views, form handling, and integration. You explored some of the Flask's capabilities, and while it's powerful and yet versatile framework, it provides you an excellent starting point that's good for both beginners and experienced devs out there. Flask, you can quickly build web apps and APIs with Python. That makes it a great tool. Remember, this episode only scratches the surface of what Flask can really do. So as you continue your journey, right, branch out, try new things. And if you're looking for others out there, right, Python's got three guys, Django, Flask, and Fast API. Okay, check those out. There's not just one size fits all there. Remember, if you guys are interested in my free handcrafted Python and Git guide, it's the first link in the description. Head on down there and pick up your copy that you can use in your Python journey today. If you enjoyed today's episode, guys, please, it seriously helps my channel grow. It helps the blog grow. Give the like button. Restack this. Let me know what you thought in the comments. Thanks, guys, for tuning in for another episode of PyPod Chronicles. I will see you guys in next week's episode. Until then.